Welcome to episode 7 of Voices from the Northeast. Welcome back. This is episode 7, but it's part 2 of our look at the games we played and how we entertained ourselves when we were children. Hopefully you enjoyed the first episode and that's why you're back for more. In this episode tonight, we are talking about skipping games, singing games, munt the cuddy, and much, much more. First up for sharing memories tonight is my mum, and she's agreed to share some of the memories of the singing games she used to play at school. Well, basically, I can remember as a little girl, as a very young girl, a lot of the games we used to play at infant school in my case it was the host east infant was sometimes everyone would sit in a circle um, for one in particular and these games were often played in the playground but they were also played at birthday parties and they were played at sort of Christmas parties at the school and things like that so it was boys and girls would join in it was a game that both played one was um, farmers in East Den which vaguely remember there was again a circle everybody stood up and there was a circle and then there was someone stood in the middle it was um, usually a boy farmers in his den and uh, the farmer then would take a wife and he would choose somebody and then the wife would take a child um, and then they would so he would find someone else and then the child would take a dog um, so somebody else was chosen and then you used to sing um, we all pat the dog and everybody came into the middle and started patting this poor person when I think of it it was quite vicious at times and then the dog won't stand or was it the bone won't stand I really can't remember that I'm sure somebody will remember it better than I can and we would all grab this poor person and lift them up basically trying to just see how high we could get them and then the next person would be the farmer and would do it again that kept her quiet for you know a good while the other one was in and out the dusty bluebells again you were in a circle one person started and you would sing everyone would join in singing in and out the dusty bluebells in and out the dusty bluebells in and out the dusty bluebells you are the master and the person would tap somebody on the shoulders both hands patting and go pity pity patter on my shoulder pity pity patter on my shoulder pity pity patter on my shoulder you are the master and they would follow on from the others and would just do it again and you it just went on for hours basically we were quite happy weaving in and out of each other you can see my hand going like I'm describing it with my hands and the other one I do remember again this time we were all sat in a circle and somebody would have a handkerchief now <laughs> in those days we all had proper cotton hankies if it was a school party or you family party or your, your birthday or something like that hopefully your parents would give you a nice clean one but we used to go around with this hanky 
one would stand and walk around the outside and would be all singing, I sent a letter to my love and on the way I lost it. One of you have picked it up and put it in your pocket. It was not you, it was not you, it was. And they would walk around till they decided where they would drop the hanky. And if they dropped the hanky on your lap, you picked it up and you chased after the other one. And the other one had to run right round the circle and come back and try and get into your where you'd left the gap. And then you, the next person would do it. And that's another one that would keep going for ages and ages and ages. Did you spot in and out of the dusty bluebells? Not bloomers this time. <laughs> also, my mum's version was uh, You Are My Master, which admittedly to me sounded like something out of Doctor Who, but never mind. Um, I think it's interesting that, you know, same town, um, almost the same place, just a few years later, and the lyrics to things like that start to change, but we all accept it as that's the version we know. Just find that really interesting. <laughs> How many of you can remember singing all those songs here? Eh? Right. Let's have a look at who's up next. Prepare yourself for muggies, penkers, and some more cricket in the street. Um, well, there were so many different games we used to play when we were younger, but one or two that spring to mind that I can kind of describe. We used to love, especially the lads, used to love playing muggies, as we called it, marbles, if you want to be uh, posh about it. But the the marbles are the, the bunny-coloured glass balls, basically, marbles. And the way we used to play it was uh, we used to find a, a patch of dirt that was fairly flat and fairly solid, and we used to scoop out uh, a small hollowed hole around about maybe two inches deep and then you would make a line on the dirt about seven eight feet away and the idea was you had to bowl or, or bowl your, your marble forward from that point stand behind the line and bowl the marble forward to try and get it in the hole and then if you didn't get yours in somebody would then try with theirs and you know, maybe have about three or four of you playing this at the same time. And if nobody got one of their muggies in the hole straight away, what we used to do was you got one chance to go forward and the, the muggy that you'd thrown, wherever it was, you had to use the back of your first finger and basically shunt it forward with your hand to try and get it into the hole with, with one one more attempt. And that's how we used to play it. And if nobody got it, well, nobody got a point then. If you if you got you got yours in the hole, you you got your point, and whatever. So you kind of built up points over a number number of goes. So that was muggies, but we all we used to love playing that. And and you know everybody had a small bag of muggies or marbles in those days. Used to get them from uh, the co-op and the shops and stuff like that. So that was great fun. Following on from that, if we wanted to be a bit more adventurous, we used to play penkers, and penkers are basically steel ball bearings, and you got maybe two or three different sizes of them, and the way we used to play the game, I might not be totally conventional, but we would play it whereby you could bowl them along the road, and bear in mind in those days where I lived at North Seaton Colliery, there were very few cars, and it certainly was not a lot of traffic, 
at the time. So you were quite safe to bull your, your penka along the uh, the road and along the gutters, especially because they were pretty smooth gutters. Um, and basically the idea was somebody would come behind you and try and bull theirs to knock yours along and knock yours out the way. So you could actually go for quite a while bowling your penkers along the road and along the paths. And uh, the idea would be that you just had to knock your friend's penkers out the way. I can't even think that we used to score. It was just the whole idea of knocking penkers out the way with, with your own penkers. <laughs> so that could go on for, for quite a while, half an hour easily or more, you know, just bowling penkers around uh, North Seaton Colliery Streets. And with, with those pankers, were those things that um, parents used to bring back from working down the mines for you? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> or taken out of um, taken out of various pieces of equipment that were redundant and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, you, you could easily get your hand on pankers. No, that wasn't a problem. You know, there were big ball bearings and the ball bearings used to get used in all sorts of machinery and stuff like that and uh, repairing machinery. So it wasn't difficult to get a hold of pankers, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, the other one that um, we used to love doing and played this for years was um, was basically playing cricket in the street. So yes, we sometimes used to go and play cricket properly on on the on the grass and uh, have proper wickets and whatever. But when you when you weren't on the grass, most of the time and when we were kids, we'd play cricket in the street. And um, when we moved from the old North Seaton Colliery to to the the village, uh, North Seaton Village down along where the estate is, past the Northern Club and things like that. That's where we moved to when we were uh, teenagers. Um, we used to set two bin lids up. So we'd take the uh, metal bin lids off um, of somebody's bin or usually our, our own parents' bins. We didn't, we didn't go and nick people's bins, you know, with bin lids. We used to use our own parents' bins. But we used to push things up behind them to keep them up. And the idea was that the uh, the bin lid was your, was your wicket. And um, one of my friends, uh, a guy called Gary, a lad called Gary Morty, even from a young age, Gary was a very, very fast bowler. And uh, when we were early teenagers, we used to play cricket with the bin lids with a proper um, cricket, what we called a corker ball, so quite a solid hard ball. And uh, when Gary used to bowl the ball at you, if, if it came off the, the road and hit you in the shin or the leg, I'd tell you what, it certainly used to sting. So before any of us could afford um, proper cricket pads, what we used to do was we used to get a hold of corrugated cardboard and some string <laughs> and, and, and put fashion um, very cheap um, cricket pads for your shins from below the knee, basically. And uh, that was the idea was you can try and avoid some bruises on the shins. Um, but, I mean, it was great fun. And, and, and the only thing was, obviously, you're, you're using bin lids in the middle of a road. And although there was very little traffic, when somebody did come round to want to get to the house or to their garages, uh, the cricket had to stop for the traffic. So we just used to move the bin lids onto the path, let people pass, and then put the bin lids back into the road again. Marbles or muggies. I definitely had marbles when I was younger. They were always in the bottom of a toy box. But I don't think I actually played a structured game with them. I don't really think I knew how. I do love that so many people played penkers, but played it in so many different ways. That's all. That's nice to hear. That Neil's story was quite different to my dad's. And as for the cricket, 
imagine having a friend that was such a good bowler you had to get inventive to protect your shins and uh, stuff cardboard down there. <laughs> That's great. Right, let's see what's up next. So how's your hand-eye coordination? Mine is absolutely dreadful. So these next games would have been a nightmare for me. Eleanor's going to explain skipping games. Well, I used to do skipping with uh, when we had the very long ropes, and there was a gang of you to do it. And uh, well, obviously you used to skip up through the ropes, um, and you you had certain rhymes. Now there's certain rhymes I can remember which was rich man, poor man, bugger man, thief, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. And he used to run in and say there was, you know, say the rhyme and back out again um, without stopping the rope. And then you would, I like coffee, I like tea, I'd like your friend, we'll say Jenny, to come in with me and she would try and get into the rope while you were skipping without stopping it and then she would say the the little rhyme and then call for one of her friends to come in so you did things like that which was quite good um and you also did um over and under and what you would do is you would run in and jump over the rope for the over the rope and when it's under the rope you had to go through without hitting the rope and go run through so that was quite exciting uh, my coordination was never very good for skipping i do i could skip on my own yeah. but as soon as uh -huh. uh, as soon as we ever tried those games when i was younger i'm afraid i would get whacked in the head by the one coming over so i was concentrating on jumping the floor and i would get hit in the oh, head oh well yes well you would have been no good when we ended up with no. two ropes to yeah no good <laughs> <laughs> that was you had to sort of concentrate a bit harder for that one to uh, not hit the second rope that was swinging round while the first one was swinging round at the same time so yeah. that thing. Uh, we also played two bally against the wall, which consisted of two tennis balls, and you would throw the ball a bit like a juggler. You know how he juggles two balls. Yeah. Well, you would do over arm against the wall, under arm. You would, if you were very good, do it sideways, and through oh, the God. leg and sometimes you threw the ball against the wall and you had to turn around quickly and grab the ball while you were ready to throw the ball again um oh. in front of the wall so that was, that was yeah my my coordination would never have no. let me do that <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know about this rhyme i don't know if it was with the skipping or with the the ball game but it was Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, next door neighbour, follow on. Now, if it was with the mm. ball game, what I can only uh, remember is you used to th throw one of the balls. Yeah, your friend had to grab that one while you were throwing the other ball with your other hand. And she would then continue doing two ballies. 
you know. Ah, uh, okay, so yes. So that was quite technical. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and something a bit more timid was Chucks. Uh, oh, go on then, do explain Chucks. Chucks was five wooden small blocks the size of possibly your normal size dice. Okay. And what you did was you threw the five little blocks up in the air and you had to catch them on the the back of your hand. Oh, my yes. goodness. Whatever dropped, you then had to fling the, the say if you caught four of the blocks, you would have to mm -hmm. flick them up in the air, catch, grab the one that you had dropped, and before the other four came down, you would have to catch them in the palm of the hand with your other one. So that was quite... Oh. You see, your games seem to require quite a bit of coordination. Yes. Um, <laughs> it sounds like nightmares to me, that kind of coordination level. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you were very lucky if you got all the way through because obviously you had to keep throwing the the dice uh, the, the dice the chucks up until you finished your game if you could, if you dropped mm. all of them that was it the next person took their turn <laughs> and then, well i have I've never heard so of that it was it was quite good as you said it helped with co coordination you know you had to yeah i bet yeah. it did and of course, following on from the chucks, you, the, the, you, the, the then invented jacks, um, which were a metal um, shaped a bit like a um, snowflake. They had six little. Um, oh yes, like little crosses yeah, type yeah. things, weren't they? With um, the, yes, I can. That, these yes, I've seen. with yeah. a with a ball. Uh, yes. And what you had to do was throw the little rubber, throw the throw the jacks so they landed on the ground, mm -hmm. and then you would have to bounce your ball and pick up one at a time, and try and get the the ten jacks. Then you would, if you achieved that, you would then throw your jacks again, and then you would have to pick two jacks up at a time. Oh, yes. right. And then, of course, then mm. it was three jacks at a time. Mm. And you obviously would have one spare because you had ten little metal jacks. So you you would do right. you had, you had, um groups of three, and then you would have to pick mm. the one up on its own. And then you yeah. would go through four, five, six, seven, eight, and then you would have to pick ten, nine, and then ten up at the very end. So that was quite a, oh, wow. an achievement if you got all the way through your game there. It's great to hear Eleanor talk so happily about playing Skippy games. But honestly, they were a terror for me because I either got hit in the head by the one going over the top or within seconds I was tripped up by the one at the bottom on my feet and ended up face first on the floor. I think whenever it was made semi-team type games I was always picked last 
is as, bar as embarrassing as being picked last for football, I can assure you. Okay, let's see who's up next. Finally, at the end of tonight's episode, we're going to talk about Munt the Cuddy. My dad's been telling me about this game for years, so it seems right that I ask him to tell me how it's played. Yeah, well, when you put the Facebook picture out, the, the picture described it quite well, actually, that you put on the Facebook, and that was, we used to call it Munt the Cuddy, uh, and Cuddy being a, you know, um, basically a little pony. And um, that's what I used to call them in, in, the, in the pits. So the way we played it was one person, so you had two teams. Um, it varied in, in terms of numbers of people in the teams. And, and the more they played, it made it more adventurous, actually. So what, what one person from one team would do is stand with their back against a wall. And then the next person would bend down. So they were holding on to the hips of the person that was against the wall and they were standing with to try and get as level of flat back as they could. So they bent forward, hold onto the other person's hips, trying to create a flat, a flat back. And you'd get two or three, three or four people in a line, basically, almost like a caterpillar line. And it became, it was much stronger if you could tuck your head, <laughs> if you could tuck your head under such that the back of your neck was tucked into the backside of the person in front of you. So it was uh, it was a much more solid line if you could do that. But then the, the other team, what they had to do was to take a run and basically jump on the back of the line, almost like the caterpillar line, the cuddy, the, 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 the pony line, if you like, what it looked like, and then shuffle themselves forward to get as many people on the backs of the, the kind of the cuddy line, if you like, the cuddy, people with their backs bent, get as many people on as you could from the other team. And you won if you had the highest number on the backs. If the team that had that their um, backs bent broke in any way, so they let you fall through, then the team that were jumping on would had won. So, okay. so that that was a game that we used to play, and <laughs> it did cause injuries at time. In fact, um, young Richard uh, unfortunately once got knocked out. Um, he, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if he. In fact, that's why they banned it at uh, North Seton Junior School after that, because I can't remember if he was the one with his back to the wall and somebody jumped right forward and basically nutted him head on head and Ooh. knocked his head against the wall and he, he basically got knocked out. I, I think Richard was the one against the wall. I can't remember now. And of course, the you know had to get the teachers and the teacher says, right, that's it. You can't play that game anymore. So that's that got banned, uh, but maybe you should ask you, Richard if he re uh, Richard if he recollects that one if you talk to him sometime. Might have to. Oh wow! Yeah. Ah right. So that's well, how it was played. that's how Monk the Cuddy was played. Monk the Cuddy, genuinely a, a famous game in my house. Not famous because my brother and I played it, but famous because my dad. I don't think he can tell a story about North Seton Village without mentioning a game of Moon the Cuddy. <laughs> I love that so many people mentioned it on the Facebook page as well. It's clearly a game that was played and enjoyed thoroughly in many people's youths, but I don't know when it vanished. Like, I really don't, because I don't know anyone who played it when I was younger. If you're a child of the 80s or 90s, 
please tell me you played that game and tell me I'm completely wrong in thinking that it had started to vanish from the streets by then. Although maybe like we talked about in episode one and health and safety taking over childhoods, maybe maybe that's why it vanished. Oh dear, what a loss. <laughs> right, let's have a look at what's up next. If you joined us for episode one, then you know that I read out some of the amazing comments that people had left on the Facebook page when I asked you to share your memories of the games you played as children. Now, I'm going to try and read out some more here. There were 160, so I might not get everybody's comment, but hopefully over two episodes here, I've captured quite a few. So, uh, Denise remembers playing Mount the Cuddy, uh, Two Bawley, lots of skipping games, uh, and Chucks, oh, and Conkers. I'm pleased somebody mentioned Conkers. Mary says she has fond memories of Hide and Seek, Kick the Can, Knocky Nine Doors. Nicola remembers things like Hopscotch, Rounders, and Knocky Nine Doors again. Oh, David remembers Hedge Hopping. I mean, I'm not even, I don't know what to say about that one, David, but I'm sure your neighbours loved you. Uh, Carol, Two Bawley, Skippy Games, General Running Around in the Back Lane. Jeff remembers Squashy in the Corner as well. And Wounded Soldier. I almost want to ask you to get in touch about it. In fact, I do want to ask you to get in touch about that one, Jeff, because I don't know what Wounded Soldier is. Stephen remembers Cannon. I'm so pleased. Again, we had Neil explain that in episode one. Um, Joan, skipping with two ropes. James, hares and hounds and British Bulldog. Graham remembers playing Spotlight as well as hares and hounds. Dennis. Placing, playing card games against the wall, standing about five feet away and flicking a card at them to try and knock as many cards down as you could. Sounds like a fun game, actually. Somebody else has remembered. Michelle has mentioned Wounded Soldiers as well as British Bulldogs. I really need to, to get somebody to explain what Wounded Soldiers was. Um, and that's the end of that little bit that I've got there. So thank you very much. I, I promise I've tried to read as many as I can. Um... Thank you for sharing them. Hopefully you would like to share with us some more when we put the next post up ready for the next episode. More on what that next episode is about very soon. Well, that is the end of episode seven. Thank you very much for listening and thank you to all of those people who contributed to this episode. Whether you contributed via Facebook in your comments or whether or not you added yourself to our growing list of contributors and came forward to do an interview with me. Thank you very much. The show would not be what it is without you. In our next episode, which will be out in two weeks time on Friday again, we're going to be talking about your school memories from favourite teachers to your school lunches. If you'd like to share your memories for that, please get in touch. You can get in touch with me via email if you'd like. That's podcastnortheast at gmail.com. I'll read that again. Podcastnortheast at gmail.com. Send me an email and we can arrange to get you an interview with me over the internet and we can add you to the growing list of contributors for the show. If you don't want to do that, you could still just drop me an email with your memory for me to read out. That would be super. Or you can add a comment on Ashington Remembered Facebook page when we put a post up for that episode. So, that's 
childhood memories of school days. Everything from the favourite teacher and your favourite class to your favourite school lunch or even the one you dreaded the most. And that's going to be in two weeks' time when I will speak to you all again and share some more wonderful memories. Thank you for listening. And until then, stay safe and stay well, everyone.